Welcome, everyone. This is the Ace in the Wild podcast. I am Desi, your host, returning to you after a few weeks, not a month this time, trying to stay somewhat regular with this. I'm actually using a different audio recording software today, so hopefully this will all work out perfectly. And for this episode, I wanted to talk about something that I've been experimenting with off and on for the past, I'd say, two years, and that is online dating, which is a very interesting prospect for aces to say the least. And for this, I'm going to use a combination of personal experiences as well as other experiences in the ace community that I've read and I've heard about and I've listened to. There are several YouTube channels. There's actually a fair amount of ace representation on YouTube, but unfortunately none of them really have a huge subscriber count. I think the biggest ace channel is called Slice of Ace, which is done by a gentleman in the UK. I was actually able to find a panel of like five ace individuals that I got a lot of information from, as well as just content from the various channels that I listen to. So hopefully this will be a good combination of personal experience, as well as experiences of other aces for an informed consensus of what it's like to be dating as an ace online. Initially, what got me into online dating was the COVID pandemic. I had basically a ton of time to just do a lot of self-reflection. I didn't really have anything to occupy my time. I was very bored. I was very lonely. And I would say the end of 2020, maybe like September, October, I started experimenting with Tinder. When I first made my account, I really didn't know what I was doing. I hadn't really done any research or homework, and I more or less just kept it open to everybody because at this time I had discovered that I'm basically attracted to everybody and really don't have any preferences. And my first matches were, I think it was like two men and two trans women. And I was more curious than anything because I've always wondered how trans people navigate these dating websites. I mean, it's interesting enough for an ace, but I imagine for a trans woman, it's a lot different. So rather than be flirtatious or do whatever people do on dating sites, I <laughs> ended up kind of asking a bunch of questions more than anything. And that match really didn't go anywhere, which is unsurprising in hindsight. The other match was a man who actually hosted a podcast and that gave me something to talk about. And that's how I really started to realize who I would match with is if they had a bio where I could talk with them about things. And this individual had a podcast. We ended up talking about that. He was curious about me being ace and he came to the realization that I was more on there for friends than anything else. And I actually ended up becoming a patron to this podcast and I got this individual to come and play World of Warcraft with me for a couple hours. So that was kind of fun. And I did find him attractive, but at this time I was very new to the whole online dating experience, so it never really went anywhere and I didn't really put in the requisite effort to try to establish a date with this individual, but that would change later on. And I will say that I still struggle with trust issues with men because they were the primary antagonists when I was growing up. They are the primary ones to cause me the most grief, and it's made me very cautious. And going into this, I didn't really have any high expectations, so I was just happy with any matches I could get. It piqued my curiosity, so to speak. At this time, I was also had listened to some podcasts by incels who just complained that online dating was the worst thing ever, and they didn't have a chance because they weren't six feet tall, they didn't make six figures, and thus if you don't have those attributes, you know, you're worthless as a man. So you might as well just smoke weed and play video games because the game is rigged against you, and you stand no chance. And this very much was that concept of hypergamy, which I talked about in the incel MGTOW episode a few episodes back. 
So after my first go around, I kind of changed my approach, I changed my bio, and I more or less let everybody know that I was asexual in my bio. And my expectation going into this is to make friends, primarily and foremost, and eventually find a life partner. I really couldn't care less about sex. I am, I guess is the term the ace used, sex repulsed. I am not physically touch repulsed, but I am sex repulsed. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy there. One of the quotes that I've found is called touch favorable sex averse. And also I think the biggest challenge I have when matching with females or those who identify as female is that I'm the one who wants to be courted. I want to be chased, so to speak. I guess that's the word for it. Hello there, this is Desi with a late edit. I want to reword that last part. It's not necessarily that I want to be chased, it's more that I want to be engaged. And this goes beyond dating, this is friendships as well. It's a concept of balance. I don't want to be asking myself, why am I always texting first? Why am I always initiating conversation? That sort of thing. And the expectation in our society, or as men, or as people who are male passing, or whatever, the expectation is they're the hunter type, they're the ones that go out and seek rather than be sought. Eventually, after a short time, I did actually match with some cisgendered heterosexual women, and that experience was interesting because a couple of them expected me to carry the conversation. It just felt like I had to initiate, I had to put in the effort, and I really wasn't getting any reciprocity, but that was my expectation. I eventually moved on from Tinder. I wasn't that great of an experience. It was hard finding other people. I think I found like one or two aces out of, you know, 50 or 60. And then I had discovered that people were having success with Bumble, primarily the people in my uh, fantasy community, the Wheel of Time community. And in early 2021, I gave Bumble a try. And this time around, I actually made like a full-on bio, and I decided I was going to use the BFF function and also the dating function. And I found a fair amount of people on the BFF side, and I had some nice conversations. And what's interesting about Bumble is if you identify as female, you are basically required to make the opening move. And a lot of these were just girls being like, hey, or just some basic thing. And then the conversation either didn't happen or went on from there. And I'll talk about this a little bit later. But in, I think it was end of March, early April of 2021, I actually met my best friend, who is my best friend to this day. And we ended up having this really nice conversation. This person was very interested in my sexuality, was very, very intelligent person, obviously, a very insightful person. And after our initial conversations, I didn't hear from them for like about a month. And I eventually reinitiated conversation because I wanted to talk to this person again. And in May, we saw each other for the first time. We ended up meeting. We ended up really hitting it off. I don't think I've ever hit it off with somebody like this. And this ended up being one of those situations where I felt like I was kind of the one being courted. And that's really what I wanted. It started off basically as us meeting as friends. And then... It eventually, after like a five-hour hike into the woods, became more of a dating situation. But it happened very organically. And unfortunately and fortunately, I should say, that is sort of my expectation for now on. And that's kind of where the bar is set. But that, it's such a, it was such a dream how it happened that I don't know if I'm having my expectations too high. And as many who listened to my previous episodes know, it didn't work out for us romantically, which was fine because we were better off as friends. And I went back on Bumble in June 2021 to just 
basically trying to make friends and enhance my circle. And funnily enough, it turned out when I dated for the first time off of an online website, my profile only had two pictures. So the person that I dated for that short period actually only swiped on my two pictures and I didn't even have a bio. It was super embarrassing. And that was actually a mistake because Bumble BFF and Bumble Date have two different types of profiles basically so my profile on date only had two pictures of me so I'm very grateful that <laughs> my friend swiped based on only two pictures rather than a bio because I never would have met them and <laughs> that would have been very sad and I think the mistake that I made with Bumble BFF although I did make a few friends that I talked to this day off of it was I wanted to replicate what had happened with the person that I had dated because everything happened so perfectly. That's kind of where I had my bar of expectations set. I ended up talking to probably a dozen different people and out of them, I think one of them I still talk to this day and I actually saw them a few months ago. Like September, October, 2021, I actually started looking exclusively for male identifying people and <laughs> It was crazy how many matches I got. My bumble lit up like a Christmas tree compared to when I had it set for women or women presenting people. And here comes the really disappointing and a little bit traumatic part. I think I had at least a dozen matches with these men and I initiated each one of those conversations because I identified as non-binary. I had to be the one who initiated and none of them got back to me. And it wasn't because I was doing like stupid questions or silly pickup lines. I was just like, hey, how's the summer been treating you? How have things been going? Just basic stuff, friendly things. Like I know how to talk to people. I wasn't being weird. But from what I've heard in retrospect, I think that they swiped right on me because of my profile, because of pictures or whatever, and they didn't actually bother to read my bio. And this time I had carefully constructed my bio being like, hey, I'm asexual, this is a part of my identity, I'm here more to make friends than anything else, and maybe potentially, depending on how compatible we are as friends, we'll consider moving past that. So I was very upset about that because... At this time, I was also going through what's called seasonal affective disorder. I was a little bit emotionally unstable. I was still, like, struggling with drinking at that time because that had spiked during COVID. I heard this is common with other people, too. So all of that combined just put me in a really bad state. And plus, my best friend was just unavailable throughout this time. And I had just done so many things with this friend. I had gone on two camping trips. I had spent all this time with them and they just were not available. And it was one of those situations where I kind of put all my eggs in one basket because this person more or less fulfilled all of my social needs. And so here I was in a kind of unstable period. Here I was trying to find men to go out on dates and to make friends with and whatever. And it just wasn't working. And I was just like, okay, this online dating thing is a scam, it's BS, and I'm done. I'm over it. And I took about a year off, more or less. I didn't start up again until this month, actually, January 2023. And this year when I started, I was more prepared. I actually had a, f a funny dream about like meeting somebody on Bumble or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I haven't done this for a while. And most of my friends are out of country or out of state right now. So I really do need to make some more connections. And it's the middle of winter time and I'm lonely and I'm bored and I had the greatest success per person I would say one in three matches actually had a conversation with this time around and it was great I matched with a trans woman this time around 
and I had a great conversation with her. We texted back and forth, and that was really nice, and it was super cool, and I was very inspired. And as of today, I have two matches that I'm currently talking right now. I'm hoping that they will evolve into a friendship, and maybe, potentially, as time goes on, we'll see what happens. But I'm just happy that I'm talking to people. It's been good for me. Work's been really slow. So as of January 2023, I would say that I have a moderately high opinion of dating apps, especially Bumble, because it's just hard to meet people nowadays. It's the combination of COVID being so recent, the combination of people just not getting together. Another factor is, especially in this part of the country, it's really crappy weather this time of year. It'll be super wet and nobody wants to go out and do anything. Every, everyone kind of just huddles around and hides from the rain and the weather. I also just don't take things personally. Um, I did match with a cisgendered heterosexual woman, and all she said was, hey. And I was just like, okay, well, that really doesn't, that really doesn't give me anything to work with. And I was just like, oh, hi, you know, I see you like flowers. What's your favorite type of flower? And she never got back to me, but that's to be expected. But to me, that's fairly low effort, so I'm not too, I'm not too devastated about it. And before I move on to experiences from other aces, I did want to touch on the amount of asexual people I discovered in these apps. I would say out of maybe 200 people, 200 profiles that I had seen, maybe five to six of them explicitly identified as ace, maybe a dozen identified as demisexual. And that more or less mirrors the percentage in the overall population of aces. Aces make up one to two percent of the population, so this really kind of confirms the data. So more data analysis for you. And also I would say about a third of the people on there were in polyamorous sort of relationships. ENM, I think is what it's called. I thought that was interesting. They were looking for like a third partner or whatever. I'm not really, <laughs> it's not that I'm not into it. I'm just, it seems like those are based around sex. So it'd be interesting to meet someone like that. I actually have met a couple like that, but I'm just not into the whole sex thing. And I think that those sort of relationships, those polyam relationships are highly sexual. Now I really want to touch on the research that I've done for other aces that use dating apps because here I have been rambling on about 15 minutes about what's happened to me. I want to talk about what other people have gone through. For girls that use dating apps, I've heard that Tinder is not ideal despite them saying like, hey, I'm ace. They still get these pickup lines. They're constantly getting bombarded with men who want to have sex with them, getting sexual messages, sexual innuendos, pictures, weird gifts. It's just not ideal. It's to the point of being inappropriate to downright creepy, these messages that these ace women get, despite in their profile saying, hey, I'm ace. And interestingly enough, not getting your bio read and not getting your profile read is, I guess, something that I've experienced but I didn't get any explicit <laughs> messages from the men that I matched with. They just ignored me. So I guess I'm fairly lucky in hindsight. And also when these girls were like, hey, I'm ace, I'm not into that. Like, why are you sending me sexual innuendos and these stupid pickup lines that are sexual? These guys get super salty and super angry when they get rejected. And they say things like, you're a terrible person, you're ugly, blah, 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 just the nasty stuff. And it's just sort of that incel behavior. And I've heard that Bumble actually is better for girls, I think largely because they're the ones who have to initiate and they can kind of be more picky because guys who match with them 
can't just send them all this BS. The girls actually have to initiate the conversation. I guess the girls can be more selective because they can say, okay, I like this person. I want to match with them. I can initiate the conversation and I can choose what to start the conversation on. But like girls, when you start a conversation with just, hey, that really doesn't set the tone for a good conversation. So maybe try a little harder. Just think before you swipe. And this goes to everybody. Read bios. If somebody puts out a bio, read it, please. And I have noticed that girls who are ace are much, much more likely to put that in their bio, that they're asexual, demisexual. I don't think that I've seen any men, maybe one or two, I think maybe one or two who are on the ace spectrum. I don't think I've seen any who identify explicitly as ace, though, compared to maybe close to a dozen girls, so maybe six to tenfold uh, girls identify as ace or present as ace versus guys, even though the population is roughly the same as far as I understand. And one of the most toxic communities, and I would say has a high proportionate of incels and people, virgins with rage or whatever you want to call them, is the World of Warcraft community or the MMO community at large. I can prove this anecdotally and somewhat statistically, because one of my friends, one of my BFFs, is someone in my WoW guild who I raid with on a weekly basis. She's a good friend of mine. I'm going to go visit her this coming uh, spring. And it's crazy how people treat her differently once they find out she's a girl or they hear her on the mic. And in order to be in these spaces as a female, I feel like you have to have a really thick skin. And this is a bit of a tangent, but I will say online spaces are more likely or more often than not a easier space for men to dwell than women or cisgendered heterosexual men to dwell than anybody else, any queer people, any ace people or whatever. It's very much dominated by that demographic and... I really hate it sometimes because I feel like I have more in common with girls that play well than guys because men are just like this ultra hyper competitive like oh I need to get the best stats I need to get the best parses is what they're called and they don't really care about community they care about their own individual performance and they're really crappy team players sometimes also men are really bad about like taking constructive criticism and when it's a woman being like hey can you stop standing and goo and like wiping the raid or doing stupid crap these men just cannot handle any sort of criticism and if it's by a woman they just lose their crap and i've seen this so many times and it's so toxic and it's so disgusting, like, do better, please. In general, online and virtual spaces seem to be not as safe for girls as for guys, and girls seem to be the victims of more harassment. And although I get a little bit upset when somebody just opens up with a line that says, hey, I can get why girls don't want to necessarily put themselves out there as much, because it's inherently more dangerous for them. And for men, a lot of the channels on YouTube, especially the Slice of Ace channel, are men, homoromantic men, biromantic men that are on the Ace spectrum. As I mentioned just a second ago, men are much less likely to admit their ace because it lowers their chances. A lot of the MGTEL and incel communities say like, oh, women have such a huge advantage on dating apps. And it's true to an extent. A lot of the men that I've watched on YouTube, whether they're on the ace spectrum or not, report 
having trouble finding matches with women. And my experience anecdotally confirms this when I was looking for people of both sexes or any gender, all gender, it was very much lopsided in people identifying men or as non-binary versus cisgendered heterosexual women or people identifying as women. Very lopsided, probably three to one. I will say, though, that I have had success finding matches from both genders or all genders. It's not just like I'm only getting matches from men. I have been reasonably successful compared to people on the internet, but that's probably why they have views. It's sort of like, oh, I went on Tinder and I can't get any matches. I hate the world, blah, blah, blah. And this most recent time in January when I went about it, I have had a lot more success. And I think that I, my picture taking has gotten better. I'm more comfortable with my identity. And also I really just don't have any expectations. And maybe that translates well over into my page and my likes. A lot of complaints that asexual men have on Tinder is that they're expected to be the hunter type they're expected to be the aggressive pursuer, and this is even more so in communities of color. One of the uh, panels that I was listening to a asexual man color was saying how he got so much crap when he was growing up. People in high school accused of him of being gay because he just wasn't an aggressive pursuer of women. He actually did like women, he just wasn't interested. He was sex-averse, he was asexual, and he didn't know it at the time. And so rather than actually trying to get to know what his preferences were, they just accused him of being gay. And this is something that's happened to me in high school, and it was very traumatic, and I can only imagine what it's like for a person of color. Also, toxic masculinity is a huge detractor for men. They're basically, if they're not this aggressive macho type of guy, they're seen as weak, they're seen as gay, they're seen as feminine, or any sort of pejorative or adjective you could think of that gets thrown at them. One of the channels I was listening to had an ace man who was having a lot of issues finding matches. He finally found like the perfect match and he went out on a date with a female, cisgendered heterosexual female, and it went perfectly. They had so much in common. They were great and they ended up having a romantic relationship that I think ended up being fairly long term. But he because of toxic masculinity, because of all the societal BS that goes on with being ace and not being the hunter type, just kept apologizing for being the way he was. Like he had to keep being like, hey, I'm attracted to you. I'm so sorry I'm the way this is. I'm so sorry that I'm just, I don't have this desire. And basically that actually ended up turning this girl off because he was so self-critical with his negative self-talk that she's just like, you know what? I'm happy with the way you are. I like the way you are, but you don't like the way you are. And and I just can't deal with that. And this actually resonates too. I've had issues with negative self-talk in the past. This is something that I've progressed a lot on, but I still catch myself doing. This is something I would say that's more prevalent among queer people and among ace people. And it's something that we could all work on as a whole. And I'm actually going to reference a quote from the book series Song of Ice and Fire, and I guess Game of Thrones, even though I hate referencing that show because of problems I have with it. But it is, never deny what you are. Wear it like armor, and it will never be used against you. Never be ashamed of what you are. The world will never forget, so why try to hide it? If you're asexual, embrace it. I know that society is crappy sometimes, and calls you names. People call you names, but those people are toxic themselves, and usually people who do the name calling have insecurities and problems of their own. My own family, like especially my cousins on my dad's side, are very fundamentalist, conservative type. And I remember I talked to my cousin one time and told him that I really wasn't interested in having sex or any of that sort of thing, and of course he assumed that I was gay. 
And he also assumed that asexuality wasn't a thing. And mind you, this is somebody who has gone to Notre Dame, who is very educated and I would say very intelligent. And that's one of those things that really bothered me for a while. But he's also one of those people that just likes taking the piss out of people. But that's pretty common. It's either you're rejected because people don't think you exist or because you don't perform to society's standards. You should never be ashamed of what you are. And just to wrap things up, this is one of my shorter episodes. I feel like this could have been a very long episode if I just would have based it off of online spaces in general. But this is something that I've been doing recently. It's something that I've had mixed feelings about in the past. I still have mixed feelings, but I would say that my success rate because of my uh, emotional stability now and my peace of mind and my confidence has made this a lot better of an experience for me. And I think that that's what a lot of men or male passing people lack or people in general for that matter, but more so likely men because they hear all this crap online is they just don't have the confidence. They don't have the security. They don't have the proper guidance. A lot of these male figures, these male role models online are figures like Andrew Tate, um, the MGTOW community. There's just a lot of bad influences that these lonely, depressed men rely upon, and they get to the point where they just start blaming the world rather than trying to improve themselves for their lack of success. And this isn't necessarily relevant to ace men, but I'm willing to bring this up because some of the videos that I've watched, it seems like these men are buying into the whole thing that they need to be alpha, they need to be pursuers, and they need to hide their ace identity because that's going to put them at a disadvantage. Men in our society are taught to be these aggressive, hypersexual creatures that are told that showing emotion is weak. Like, I know that that's changing in a lot of circles, but for the average cisgendered heterosexual male, especially the ones that I've met and the experiences that I've had, they've just sort of had this alpha mentality or whatever. Or they need to be alpha and not show any emotion and just be like this stoic figure and boss people around and tell them what to do and give unsolicited advice. And for women, I do not envy ace women whatsoever. <laughs> I've heard some horror stories because they're so... Most of them are so blatant about being like, hey, I'm asexual, I'm demisexual, I've seen this in my experience too, to back that up, and yet they're still getting all these creepy, inappropriate messages. Like, I don't know what men are thinking when they do the type these messages out, but I feel really bad for them. Eventually, I want to do an episode on online spaces, gaming, or whatever. I think I have two people that might be willing to come on the show. We'll see. I don't know. That's just something that I'm shooting or I'm thinking about. Anyways, I think that that about wraps it up for this session. This is a rather short one, but I think that I've covered all that I've wanted to so far. For those of you who are new listeners, feel free to reach out. My contact information is on my Podbean page. I thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and I will see you in the next one. Peace.